smack that. No, no scripts or anything like that. I ain't an interviewer. This is just a okay, conversation, great. you know. Um, yeah, I think it's really I'm, important. I'm better off the cuff. Yeah, same. Um, <clears throat> I think it's really important, like flipping that coin, you know, and like kind of going whatever whatever it comes up, like just going off there completely on a whim. All right, I'm just gonna move to this place, and if it if it if it doesn't work out, then you can always turn around and go back. I'll go somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'll say again, you know, I've had pretty good fortune traveling around and making my own kind of life decisions that way and jumping ship to different parts of the world. And, and uh, you know, there's, you can find bad actors if you look hard enough. Sure. There's, there's bad people in the world unquestionably, but it's also been my experience at the other end of that is true where most people are more than willing to, share the good about where they are in the world and uh, extend that out to people that they don't know. And it's always surprising how gracious a lot of people are um, to total strangers in a lot of, a lot of cases. So hopefully that's your experience too, <laughs> being down there. Yeah, man. But, yeah. So I, um, like the first, I got here like maybe late October, early November time. Um, and then obviously Christmas was coming up. Right. And, Christmas was really weird because it was warm. You know, the sun was out and everyone's yeah, going to yeah, the beach. Yeah, in a different hemisphere. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, what's going on? Like, it's meant to be, you know, it's meant to be cold. Like, Santa comes in on yeah, a sleigh, not a surfboard. Fire the fireplace, yeah. exactly. Just having way too many whiskeys. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, a lot of met through, through the CrossFit gym. Uh, again, like, just people you meet within boxes, right? Through the CrossFit gym was just like, oh, what are you doing for Christmas? So I was like... I don't know, man, maybe like sitting on a beach, drinking a beer. And it was like, oh, well, that sounds pretty good, but give me a minute. And he literally sends me a message five minutes later. And he was like, right, you're coming with me and my wife to go see my family. We've got an Airbnb in the Coromandel. We're going to go sit out on a hill, basically watch the ocean. You're going to be coming for like three days. I was like, oh, my God. Thank you. Awesome. You know? Yeah, like, that's great. Like, Barely knows cool. me. I mean, what a great experience, you know? Exactly, you know? Yeah, like, right. I think I think when others who are native to the land see travelers come in, especially on their own, it's really refreshing because it's just like, oh, yeah, like someone's trying to better themselves, trying to open their eyes to different cultures, trying to uh, absorb it all sure. in, you know what I mean? Rather than just be like, no, I know what it's like in the States. It's like, how can I know what it's like in the States? Yeah. I've not been there. Well, I think there's a <clears throat> there's a recognition that's a pretty gutsy move too, you know, mm -hmm. to do something like that solo, and uh, you know, to show up with best intentions and things like that. I mean, I think people recognize that on a on an intuitive level, to some degree. Um, you know, I think for the same reason that people are often put off by tourists and the opposite end of that, when people come in and all they are interested in is the superficial. Mm. check in the box i've been to xyz location on the postcard you know people people generally aren't as receptive to that type of attitude because it's not really comparable right it's, it's not the same thing at all but when somebody comes and they've taken the risk and they're not there for that kind of surface level experience i think people pick up on it pretty readily mclears mm. so, yeah. and then when you you scratch below the surface that's where you see like the real beauty of the country <clears throat> right and yeah, you, for sure. Yeah, you get, you get that local it. knowledge. Yeah, man. It's yeah. And you end up you end up uh seeing common issues. All right. Mm -hmm. So we're like, sure. oh okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like I'm gonna be like so tunnel vision because I'm from 
Manchester, for example, like using myself as an example. Yeah. Oh, I'm, you know, people from here only think a certain way, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm literally 12,000 miles away from home and they think exactly the same and think it's only them. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? You know what I mean? Like, we're not yeah. just all uh, yeah, individuals. Absolutely. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah, no, that's great perspective. I think that's, you know, one of the most important reasons to try to get out and go to different places. I mean, and that doesn't necessarily have to be like far flung. That could be within your own county or your own state or your own country or whatever. I think there's plenty of opportunity for that on a domestic level too. Uh, you know, obviously not everybody can just up and leave to other side of the globe, but uh, I do think it's important to get outside your own little provincial experience and, mm. and see exactly that, that at the end of the day, it's not that much difference. You know, yeah, you might, you might have difference in the day to day, food on the plate might look a little bit different, you know, <laughs> but uh, I think everybody's basic needs are uh, both psychologically and physically pretty, pretty similar. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Like you said, maybe, maybe the cuisine is a little different, the currency and the language. And that's literally yeah. it. Like everyone <laughs> is the same or maybe religion, if you want to throw that in there, but at sure. the same time, yeah. like, you know, again, if you dive into those, like the, the, the common factors are all the same. You know, it's all, let's be a better person, have faith in something above, above ourselves. You know, it's like, it, it's the same thing, mm -hmm. you know, like small, yeah. big, <clears throat> whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Like we're all, we're all pretty much the same. I'm fascinated by you guys over there because like Canada, obviously America too. And even like bringing in mm -hmm. South America, like it's such a big place that yeah, you can really just... Is you can like drive around and learn so much within your own country and you've never even gone like abroad. I'm fascinated by that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, uh, you know, I think that if you set aside the territorial borders, I think there's a pretty strong case to be made that within some of those big countries, you know, United States, Canada, Brazil is probably another great example that I, I bet you, you could argue that it's several nations represented under the same flag. You know, and I, I think about that quite a lot as an immigrant to the United States. It's like, man, if you go to Louisiana, for example, and then you go to New York City, they are about as far apart as you can get in a lot of different ways. Uh, and yet, you know, it's still the United States, technically. Um, so it's it is really interesting that there's this shared kind of country boundary, I guess. But really, there's a very unique culture. And I, I think that's pretty cool. You know, I, I personally don't like the idea of like a monoculture that everybody's just kind of, you know, enmeshed in. I, I think it's great that you can have that kind of diversity, uh, you know, represented in a, in a big country like that. Um, you know, Canada is the same way. You compare Eastern Canada to Western Canada versus the middle of the country. It's, it's very different. Mm -hmm. um, even though you're probably not going to pick up on differences uh, in appearance or you know language or anything like that because it just doesn't exist but uh yeah they are very different so, yeah I, I can yeah, understand that from like a like a lingual perspective because simply because sure. like the the uk have got so many different accents yeah and it all comes from well and i mean tribes, right? you think, think even just the outside the accents though like you know you're from manchester nobody's going to mistake the the culture and the feel of Manchester for the culture and feel of London, for example, mm. right? Like mm. you guys, people would be insulted if you, <laughs> if you mistake one for the other. <laughs> yeah, I do on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and how far apart is that? You know, uh, <laughs> a couple hours. 
not that yeah, far. You'll probably get there in like three hours, four yeah, hours maybe. So, yeah, I think I think that's pretty common all over the place. Um, so you have these little pockets. Actually, mm -hmm. I had a really interesting uh, experience in Switzerland, uh, like 2010, something like that. Um, I was out there and uh, we were doing some work at um, a CrossFit gym, CrossFit Basel. Shout out to those guys. They're awesome. And um, we're talking about just, you know, the country of Switzerland and how kind of uniquely situated it is and how, you know, there's like three or four different national languages that are kind of accepted. You have the kind of Swiss German, you've got uh, the Italian influence to get the French influence. And then there's this really weird like mountain dialect that only certain people still kind of keep alive in very isolated communities. And I just thought it was so interesting because you have this country that is tiny and you could drive around the whole thing in a day if you wanted to. And uh, despite that fact, there's a possibility you could be in a town where citizens of the same country would not be able to speak to one another in the same native tongue. <laughs> it's kind of crazy for, for a country that small. And so you kind of take that and you blast that out to other places. And you're like, yeah, like it, it doesn't take much to get outside of your own bubble. It doesn't yeah. have to be miles and miles and miles. Europe's fascinating, man, because like the the conflict yeah, on really on is. that land is just just goes back to something that you can't even oh, understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. this, there's still remnants in Scotland of settlements that is 500 years before the Great Pyramids were were built. You know what I mean? And they're still yep. there. The stones are still there. Like it's a very very old piece of land. And like obviously, when you've got mm -hmm. you've got like the bottom of Spain when it gets frigging hot. Then you've got Switzerland in the mountains where it'll get so freaking cold. Then you go all the way over to uh, like the Russian border and you can go all the way down to the yep. south of like Sicily. And then you can start going again with the like the channel. Then technically, you know, it's not mainland Europe, but it's still part of the continent. You can go all the way up to the tip of Scotland and yeah. Scandinavia. Like, uh, it's crazy. I like, um, I learned a fact the other day about Switzerland where it's connected by bridges, right? The only way to get in, obviously, mm -hmm. if you shut down the airspace, it's all over bridges. And to this day, they're still wired with uh, with explosives. Just oh, in, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> Just in case. Like driving over to Switzerland. Well, I, I know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's still true, but I think. I think it's still true, but I think they're like the most uh, heavily armed population out of any country on Earth because they have um, compulsory military hmm. service. Yeah, everybody has to serve for, it's like two years or whatever, a year. And then uh, as you get, my understanding anyway, as they uh, discharge you, they give you your rifle and it's part of your duty as a citizen to maintain it and to keep ammo for it and all of that. So that in the event of invasion, you know, they can just raise up a militia and bam, ready to go. So just in case. <laughs> it's pretty unique. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Like, and obviously they were uh, neutral or quote unquote neutral mm -hmm. during sure. uh, during the Second World War. And then you're just like, oh, yeah, now right. they're all just bred to be badasses, you know? Same like Israel, though. They've got, um, <laughs> they've got, uh, what do they call it? National service. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where it's, I, I think it is two years where you have to serve two years. And then yeah. just in case they can snap the finger and everyone's back, you know? Yep. Yeah, that I, interesting how different places do it. Yeah, I believe it's um, like like I said, growing up on not the best of sides. All right, we'll put it that way. Um, 
and experiencing and being around the likes of some people. And I'm like, you know what? National service for two years would do you an amazing job. You know, <laughs> you should probably yeah. go the army. You know <clears throat> what I mean? Um, but yeah. at the same time, you are just taking kids from one institution and putting them into another one and then breeding sure. them for conflict. I'm like, should we breed them for conflict or should we breed them to converse? It's like, it's a really catch 22 uh, moral compass uh, situation. And I have no idea. I'm not a politician. Yeah, I'm conflicted about things like that. I, I see on the one hand, you know, like I'm very pro, I guess you would say freedom of the individual. I'm very pro, you know, kind of non-government solutions for most of the world's problems. Uh, and so it doesn't sit well with me, the idea that you have this uh, parental entity that can basically tell you you're going to go here for X amount of time. And that's just the way it is. I, it doesn't sit well with me. But on the other hand, I do think it, there's a lot of utility in everybody in the society having to, at some point, contribute to that common element. Uh, I think that it would do most people a world of good to have mm. to serve something other than their own interest for a period of time in their life. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I find there's a little bit of tension in my own <laughs> beliefs around that. Um, yeah. So I don't know which way I fall on that, but I don't have to call the shots. So that's true. It doesn't matter too much. That's true. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm the same. Um, like I think, everyone should realize or do something that that slaps them in the face and be like, okay, this thing is bigger than myself. You know what I mean? So they're not yep. self-centered, <clears throat> but at the same time, should we do it through conflict and, you know, breeding sure. warriors? Uh, you know, you're like, yeah. yes, because it teaches, you know, a lot of things, but then no, because it can teach you to be a little bit of an aggressor or whatever. It's weird. It's really, well, the, weird. I mean, the other end of that is a lot of those like civil service type arrangements in a lot of countries that my understanding is less to do with like going out and fighting war and more of, you know, okay, we train people for civil engineering. We train people for disaster response. Mm. We train people for, you know, things of that nature that I think have a, a, a lot of utility in, in society, even if it is kind of couched under this militaristic uh, mindset, you know? So, mm. Well, you even dive yeah, into I think like the way the, what's that? You even dive into like the way the the PE structure, so like physical education structure is in the UK. Mm. Like you, you look back through history, it's all built upon making warriors, making soldiers. Okay. So <clears throat> even like when yeah. when I'd go through PE, we'd have to do all the obstacle courses and basically would do the the same syllabus as they would have done back in 1914 or back in 1905, back in 1920s or whatever, just to breed you. So it's like, okay, you've got the foundation. So just in case we can call you <laughs> up, you know what I mean? And all we've got to do is teach you how to fire a rifle. It's really weird. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, public education in general is, is an interesting study. I mean, if you look at in the United States, the, I believe it was originally modeled after uh, the, the Prussian school uh if, man i can't remember the dates and the names associated with it but it was basically the goal was to standardize things to the point that you could this is like you know early days of the industrial revolution you could basically have factory workers that would be ready to go by the time that they were done their uh public schooling and that's the model that stuck and has been prevalent ever since and you think about that in today's age and 
you know, the breadth of what people are involved in outside of their schooling years. And you know, I think there's a pretty sound argument to be made that maybe it's not the best approach moving forward. Mm. <laughs> but the roots of it, you know, you, you think about it, like, man, that, it's interesting beginnings. And uh, I, don't, I don't know, maybe the tool is not serving as well as it used to. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's the same a lot thing. Of interesting like, history around a lot of that stuff. Yeah, like I, I'm a bit of a history geek. I like diving into mm. it. I did it. I did a study did it when I was like 17, or until I was about 18. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, just before, just before university. Um, so we have something called A levels, but it's it's college mm-hmm. basically. You know, like one one down from well, I guess college is yep. uni for you guys, but it's one under. Yeah, it's still I mean, 18. they're pretty kind of the same. Same shit. Um, yeah, and I sort of dive into it. So I love learning, learning the history. And I think if you can learn the history of a place, you understand how the culture is molded and how the language sure. ends up evolving and how people are, are stuck in their ways. And you're like, wait, hold on a minute. Like, you know, I can see holes in this and I can also see benefits from this. Um, mm-hmm. And we have a very short memory, you know, 100 years. <laughs> things start, true. start repeating. And I'm like, wait, yep. you know, we've made this mistake about 10 times already. Are we going to do it for the 11th? Should we really do this? Uh, it's the hubris of uh, modernity, right? Everybody believes, oh, well, things are so much more modern now. We were way, way past what uh, what happened in the past. And mm-hmm. Like, now you might have new gadgets and different uh, different ways that you kind of meander through life. And certainly there's a lot of big changes there. But <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the, the patterns, uh, yeah, they definitely repeat. No question. Yeah, it even poses questions on like the whole political system and how individual countries run themselves because obviously it worked mm-hmm. in the past, right? But then society has evolved and like the general population have evolved. Everything's got a little bit quicker. Technology, there's more people. More like, should we be running the country in exactly the same way as we've run it for the past like 200 years? Is, is that the right way? Yeah, I mean, it's a valid question. Sure. And then, uh, you know, the counterpoint to that is, you know, should you adopt something on a whim mm. uh, that serves kind of the superficial level of what's been introduced to the culture? Um, mm. So, I, yeah, it's, it's a tough, it's definitely a lot of tension between those two sides of the coin. Uh, <laughs> well, everything yeah, starts man. with a conversation, right? It's just like, oh, people, yeah, like sure. people coming in with an open mind and being like, hey, like, yep. Let's pose a question. Let's pose a hypothesis or whatever, and then let's um, let's argue both sides. And whichever one seems yeah. like it's got a lot more yeah. weight, well, how about we try that for a little bit? And then if it doesn't work, we can just sure. go back. But, yep. Hey, whatever. So um, the fitness thing. Were you always Sparty? Not really. I, I mean, like active in the sense that I grew up in a place where there was lots to do. You know, I grew up in Western Canada in uh, British Columbia and um, where I was living, you could be at the beach in 20 minutes and then at the top of a ski hill in half an hour. So pretty amazing place uh, as far as the geography is concerned. So my brother and I grew up hiking and mountain biking and, you know, skiing all of that stuff, kayaking. Um, but I didn't have like a really, uh, you know, traditional sports background. I didn't play a lot of sports on a, on a really organized level outside of being involved in, you know, youth athletics. I got just kind of thrown into everything. My, my mom and dad were really good about, you know, including us in a lot of stuff, but 
I never really took it to a competitive level or, uh, you know, anything like that. And, and frankly, when I was kind of old enough to make the choice on my own, you know, get into middle school and high school, it really didn't have a lot of interest to me. Um, even though I, I did, for whatever reason, see the utility in staying active, it was just kind of like it needed to be on my terms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sports weren't really a, a part of that. Um, you know, like I'd ride my bike to get around and it was a smaller town that I grew up in. I didn't think anything of riding, you know, 20, 30 kilometers to go see my friends on my bike, um, stuff like that. But yeah, no, no real, uh, no real formal sports background. Hmm. So then you see in the benefit from activity of like expression through lifestyle, right. Rather than like complete yeah, performance sure. and then just getting wrecked yep. with injuries. Yeah. That's really, <laughs> that's interesting. And um <laughs> It's also a, a, a really great example of like, yeah, you know, if you, you know, move, you will retain the ability to move and you can also yeah. express yourself to be able to like do more things. It's kind of cool. You know, that Use is the, body the truth as it's of made. it. And I, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, people, people talk to me all the time about, okay, like why, why does CrossFit specifically hold your attention and why do you keep doing the things that you've been doing for, for this long now? And I mean, that is a big part of it is the physical freedom. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not old by any stretch, but I'm certainly a lot older than I was when I started dabbling with this stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm pushing 40 and, uh, I still think nothing of hopping up and doing whatever it is that I want physically, whenever I want to do it. And, uh, you know, I have friends that want to take me hiking somewhere or they're going to do whatever it happens to be. Um, I, I don't think twice. I don't have to think twice. I never have to consider, am I physically capable of doing this thing that is offered to me? Mm. The answer is yes, let's go. Um, and yeah, I look around at other people that are in the same kind of age category as me and, and not uh, active. You know, I have friends, plenty of friends outside the CrossFit world and um, you know, I live in the United States. There's plenty of people outside of the <laughs> CrossFit world to observe in your day to day. And, uh, you know, I look at other people in, in that kind of range and I'm like, man, you know, it's, uh, it is interesting to see, uh, like at this time stage of life, what the average person considers to be kind of a baseline and how I don't want anything to do with that. You know, I don't need to be the top of the heap. I don't need to be a super elite athlete, but man, I don't, I don't want, I don't want what they are considering to be normal. <laughs> There's no interest in me. It's crazy, right? Like you, you look around yeah. at the quote-unquote normal and you're like, wait, what? You can't do anything. Like, you know, it's not normal to be able yeah. to just go from your couch to your car to your desk and then in reverse. Like, that's just not moving. Yeah, right. You know, that's not activity. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like if you yep, need to, like, sure. breathe halfway up a set of stairs – or you can't walk up the stairs because you know, whatever, and you have to take the lift or the elevator. That's not okay. That's not normal. Yeah. Well, and it's only going one way too, right? I think that's the hard truth that people don't want to accept when they're in that position is, okay, let's say you're a 40 year old man and you're in the scenario that you described, when is that going to get better? Mm. You know, left, left to the device of doing nothing. It's only going one way. Mm. And I think a lot of people, uh, avoid confronting that reality um, to their detriment. You know, it's, it's a, it sucks to, to see it happen to people where 10, 20, 30 years go by. And next thing you know, they're, they're not in a good place. Um, and it's through no one decision, but just the series of small steps 
then all of a sudden you're in a, you're in a spot that's really difficult to change now. Not to say it can't be, people do it all the time, but it's tough. It's tougher than, than the maintenance on a regular basis, in my opinion. You know? Oh, totally. <laughs> like little and often, right? Yeah. Reap, reaps massive yep. results, but you know, people wait exactly. until, until they're absolutely huge or until they physically cannot get up. And then it's like, oh, I need a yep. change. I'm like, well, now it's going to feel like shit. You know, yeah, it's a major intervention. Yeah. yeah. People like to bury their heads in the sand. Like people just like to ignore things because if they ignore it, it's going to go away. You know? Yeah, I think there's that. And I, I got pushed back on that a little bit too. I think, I think, uh, like, I'll give the charitable view. I think people just get busy. You know, you, everybody's got a set of priorities, everybody's got, you know, the necessary elements of their life that they have to do. And I think it's easy to get buried in that sometimes and, and lose sight of some of the other aspects that are also important, but you know, your focus just isn't there. And then you, when you do pop up, you're like, Oh my goodness, I'm a long way from where I need to be. Um, you know, I think you see that happen in a lot of different domains in life. People, people, you know, accruing more debt than they should people not being physical, you know, relationships, they leave untended, all of that kind of stuff. I think uh, that is very true. Yeah, people, life is messy, you know, and you get focused on one aspect of it too long and others are going to start to decay. I think. Mm. So, mm. yeah. It's like breaking that that stigma of it's okay to be able to take time to work on yourself, right? And, um, mm -hmm. sure. you know, we can't, we all know we can't pour from an empty cup, but at the same time, yeah. we all try, you know, it's like, no, 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 I don't need to do that. <laughs> I don't need to stretch, meditate, eat well, work out, whatever it is to, you know, get an extra half hour, an hour of, of, of sleep, whatever it is you need to do to, to make sure you're okay physically and mentally. So no, 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 I don't need to do that because of whatever. And it's, it's really easy to fall into that trap and to put yourself last. I was, a, I was a, a great example of that yeah. for absolutely years. Um, but at the same time, like it, you'll reach a point where you can't, you can't help anyone. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah, you wake up one day and you're like, okay, I'm a lot further away from where I thought I would be in this particular aspect. It's going to take a lot more work to get back there. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, exactly. To your point, like I'm less effective doing the things that I should be good at because of it. Mm. So, yeah, and now you need, tough. now you need other people to help you. So you just basically sure. flip the coin onto the side and just change roles. Um, it's really right. hard to get people to see that though. Because hindsight is amazing, you know, because, yeah, definitely, you know, you can see it. And, but looking forward, it's really hard to be able to, uh, to get people to acknowledge that. Yeah. And to go back to your point about kind of cultural uh, elements there, too, I think I, I can't speak to Manchester or New Zealand or anywhere else, but I, I know that, you know, the culture that I grow up in and live in, um, the celebration is often around the big intervention story, you know, so you have somebody who has had a, a hard life, you know, they're, uh, they've been addicted to drugs, they've been in an abusive cycle of life, whatever, and they figure it out. And now they're a better person. And, you know, that story is propped up as being a, a big success as it should be that there's nothing wrong with that, you know, hats off to those people. But I think what's often overlooked is the quiet, consistent day-to-day -day grind of somebody who has never really taken the misstep, but they're just quietly going about their business. You never see the massive intervention. You never see, you know, a huge uh, swing of extreme stories from that person because they've just been handling it 
incrementally side by side by side. And that, that, that's really difficult, I think, uh, on a societal level to, to look at and be like, that's the model because it's boring and, <laughs> and because it's ongoing and because it doesn't have this, uh, you know, this, this really redemptive element to it. Um, and so it, it's, it's just difficult because you don't necessarily have the same gravitas in your mind around that element of staying healthy as you do this success story from an extreme circumstance so mm. well it's yeah, the same it, thing it can right? play into that like someone could come up to you and go oh boss how can, how can you do that like oh what do you what do you do it's like well train consistently for like 20 years your whole life yeah yeah, yeah. You, you know what i mean <laughs> exactly. they're like wait just, what? just don't stop <laughs> yeah they're like oh you didn't do like a six-week program or which trainer did you get yeah to give you an eight week programming to get you to be able to do whatever. It's like, no, I just, you know, worked out for 20 years. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned that I had almost that exact experience really recently. You know, my wife and I just moved across the country and uh, we've been in a new city for three, just under three months now. And actually what's the date? Yeah. It'll be three months next week. Um, anyway, join a new gym, you know, new community, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, was working out there the other day and one of their newer members came in and asked that muscle ups were part of the workout. And so he asked me, you know, how long did it take you to get a muscle up? And I had to stop and think, I was like, you know, you're not, this is going to be an unsatisfying answer, but it took me no time because when I was a kid, I dabbled in gymnastics and I could do them then. And then I was rock climbing recreationally. And then I never really stopped working out and, like I've been doing muscle ups since I was 12 years old and just didn't stop. So it, it's, I don't know that there was ever a point that I didn't have one. <laughs> it wasn't this like moment where a lot of people come in and they're unexperienced, uh, inexperienced with that movement and they have to pick it up from scratch. Like I never had that. Mm. So it was just kind of this funny moment of like, Oh, wait a minute. I mean, I guess you could say it didn't take me any time or you could say it took me 25 years. I don't know <laughs> which way, which way do you want to go with it? Yeah, that's it. They want that, they want that matrix moment, right? Where they could just take the, uh, yeah. I can't remember whether it was the blue or the red pill, but when they just take the pill and it's like, oh, now they see the world for what it is or now they can, they can do everything yeah. they want to do. And I'm like, honestly, man, like it's the, the grind of being able to get there. That's the fun part. Yeah, sure. We have to enjoy that part, right? Otherwise, you'll never stick with it. Yeah, I think that's the real key. If there's a secret, it's, you know, you have to figure out a way to, if not enjoy outright what those healthy habits are, just not despise them. Um, you know, if you can get them to the point where they're even just kind of banal, mm. that's a win. You know, if you can get to the point where you're like, oh, I actually really enjoy eating this way and working out, that's even better, you know, but um, that, that really is the secret is, you got to get it away from it being a, a chore because mm. as soon as it starts to become that you just you know a couple steps away from falling off and then that's it you're, you're back to where you were that's a win that that phrase absolutely knocks me for six every time because the same bloke who uh what's that <clears throat> that's a win like he, he he brought me to the same bloke that brought me to the 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 christmas thing over in the car oh yeah yeah um yeah i was going through a little bit of a of a rough patch mentally and um he just okay. comes up to me and goes alex this was maybe a year and a half ago and he goes alex you just gotta look for the small wins man i was like what do you mean he was like well you got up yeah. did you have a coffee this morning i was like yeah he's like well that's a win 
And like, there's one. It was like, oh, did you, you know, did you have a shower? I was like, yeah. He's like, that's another one. That's two. That's two wins. And it's the same thing in the gym, right? You know, people are like, oh, I can't get a muscle up. I'm like, all right. Did you? Did your kip look better and feel better? It's like, yeah. I was like, that's a win. Sure. It's yeah. like, did, did you even? Sometimes it's did you walk through the shutter door and set foot inside the gym? They're like, yeah, I got myself here. I was like, well, that's a win, man. Like, congratulations. Oh, that's a big win. That is a big win. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the that's the hardest one. That was I. Oh man, I remember. I, I wish I could remember who this was, but there was somebody, a friend of mine, who used to say all the time, "It's like all you have to do is put your shoes on. That's the hardest part. You just mm-hmm. put your workout shoes on, like you're done. At that point, you've committed enough that you're actually going to go do this thing. It doesn't really matter what happens after that. But like, just just get your shoes on. <laughs> You'll be fine. And I. I think about that sometimes when you're having those like everybody has them right you have those times where you're like ah, eh, i just want to stay in or i'm tired or i'm sore or whatever and uh you can you can find a million different reasons to talk yourself out of, of going um but at the end of the day if you can just like have the act of i, I put this thing on and i do it it's always going to be better you know i used to i used to uh on summer break i had this friend that used to say all the time you know anytime you pass like a swimming hole go swimming He's like, you're never going to regret swimming, but you will always regret not swimming. And I feel the same way about, uh, you know, working out. <laughs> it was like, just go. You, you won't feel worse yeah. Yeah. when you're done. Uh, it, you know, you might not want to do it, but you won't feel worse. So that's just go. so true. And that could not be yeah. more true in terms of CrossFit. You know, right. Yeah. Like the amount of times you finish your workout, you go, I feel on top of the world, like mental clarity. Yeah happiness you've seen your mates you've shot some shit you've had a laugh you've also absolutely dripping in sweat whether you had an empty barbell or a pvc pipe or you loaded that sucker up it really does not matter it's like i've come i've come in i've put my best foot forward i've worked hard and now i'm just gonna i'm gonna have a better evening because of it or a better day because of it yeah yeah absolutely i think that's uh, it's really powerful you know that uh that experience and it never ceases to surprise me sometimes you know i've been doing this stuff for a long time and i'll still have moments like especially when we're doing big events in kind of game season you know long days stressful and uh, we have kind of a pact with a lot of the staff that at the end of the day we work out and it doesn't have to be much it doesn't have to be like a full kill yourself type of session but you know we do something and there's plenty of times where you're on site early it's been a super long day and the last thing you want to do is, okay, we're going to work out now. But because we kind of have that social pact and we do it, you always, always come away from it saying, yep, I'm glad we did that. I didn't want to do it. I almost flaked. I almost convinced us. And, you know, I'm in a leadership role in a lot of those times. So, like, if I, if I made the call of, like, we're not doing it, we wouldn't do it. Hmm. Uh, but every time we do, I'm like, yep, I feel better. I'm glad we did it. And I didn't want to do it. And I did. And it's better. <laughs> and it still surprises me, you know, how many years deep. So it's funny. Yeah, and it bleeds off into into your interactions with everyone else that day, right? It's just like, I sure. feel a yeah. lot better and a lot happier and healthier in myself, you know? And it's just like, yeah, I got after it today. And it's like, yeah. And then you encourage other people. And it's, yeah, you just mm-hmm. put, your, put your mindset in such a better place. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, yeah, it's that. Uh... It's a good thing. <laughs> it's so simple too, you know. Uh, it's uh, it is. It's uh, it's interesting how it's something that's so, I mean, on its on its face, it's really not that complex. It doesn't have to be. You can dive in and 
start to pick apart the complexities of it, sure. But, you know, on its face, it doesn't need to be that. Um, mm. And yet, it's still a very powerful tool. Well, it literally is a natural high. And, you know, people yeah. might yeah, sure. get on the old booze, start taking drugs, go through different other vices, whatever, to feel something, all right, feel a little bit better. Yep. It's like, well, you know, you can do that by, like, literally just moving your body. I was like, oh, yeah. how am I supposed to do that? It's called working out, you know? Yeah. Go, go do something. Go slang and bang a barbell. Go do some push-ups. Go, go perfect an air squat. Go join a community, which is a big one. Like, we are social creatures. Oh, and, yeah. And yeah. just going in, you know, 10 minutes before a class, you just shoot this shit with a mate or someone brand new. Hi, you know, I'm Alex, blah, blah, blah. I'm new to the gym. You learn a bit about them. They learn a bit about you. And the next thing you know, oh, where were you? Like, you didn't come in on Tuesday. I was like, ah, oh, you know, I was sore. I didn't want to make it. I like, Don't do that. Come on in, you know, and then it, it pulls you in yeah. rather than yeah. you're pushing yourself in. And a pull factor is always, always strong. Yeah, exactly. Well said. Yeah. Yep. Ah, oh, the community. I love the morning classes. Oh yeah. You're like, <clears throat> how morning are we talking? We're we talking sun I, up. Uh, you're, you're in the gym. What do you, what do you, what do you mean morning? I love coaching the morning classes, like the like the the okay. daybreakers, like the five thirty yeah. in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? Like it's still dark, and yeah, as they're, they're training, the sun's coming up. They're always the most hard charging group, unquestionably. Crazy. I think if you have the fortitude to get up and and do that, you like you do it every day. There's no kind of in between with a lot of those morning type training people. So I agree. I, I remember it. You know, I coached morning classes for years and yeah, same thing. It was the same faces every day. You know, you didn't get a lot of variation. Whereas afternoon, you know, midday, evening classes, you get, you get a lot of people kind of coming and going. You know, those morning crew, they're, they're diehards for sure. Yeah, mental. Yeah, you, you, might get, uh, yep. you might get one member coming in and it's like, oh, I've only got this part of the day to train today because I got meetings or whatever. Uh, and they come in, right, and they're like, you know, eyes closed. Oh, I've not had coffee this morning, blah, 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 absolutely dragging it. And then you don't see them in the morning ever again. It's just like, oh, yeah. okay. But they're the exception. They're the exception. <laughs> yeah. It's the same 10, 15, 12, so eight, what about, six people. Yeah. Yep. So what about on a personal preference? When do you like to train on your own? Like oh. given no other responsibilities for the day, when do you go to the gym? Oh, that's a good question. So... I've literally trained all hours of the day. Um, and I'm one of yeah. those where I'm like, look, if I need to get it gone, get it done, I'll get it done. But personal preference, it would depend what I'm doing. Um, like at the moment, I'm just training okay. weightlifting. Um, yep, yeah, cool. So usually like later morning, midday-ish, early afternoon at a push. Um, like I do not want to lift heavy in the morning. Like, hell no. I'll do it. No problem. Yep. I'll get it done. But I don't want to do it. Um, and also, like, in the evening, I usually end up winding down. I'm more of a morning person mentally. So I'm, like, okay. quite mentally yep. tapped out in the evening. Um, and I don't want to have to think about loading a barbell up and throwing it above my head. Um, <laughs> I want to, like, lie down, you know what I mean, and watch Netflix or oh, socialize yeah. or whatever. <clears throat> yep. Eat a huge meal. Comatize yourself. Um yeah, so maybe between like 10 and 1 to start training is probably a sweet spot for me. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm really similar. I like that same kind of like late morning is ideal. Hmm. I, I don't mind morning training, like early, early training, but it's not my preference to do it long-term. Um, like I really enjoy again, when I'm traveling or we're running events or things like that. And we have a crew together. A lot of times that's how it works is we'll get up and train early together. And in that kind of instance where it's a one-off, I, I don't mind it, but as a regular routine, it's not my preference. I, I like that kind of mid morning as well. Mm. That's been my routine lately is a nine 30, take a nine 30 class at the mm. local affiliate. So I get up in the morning and, you know, handle a few things. So take my dog for a walk and try to try to manage my inbox as best I can. Uh, and then go train, come back, shower up, and then uh, start the day in earnest for, for my work. So mm. seems to, seems to be working pretty well. Was it, what is it you're spending your most time on working at the moment? Um, you know, so this year, uh, like I've worn a lot of different hats for CrossFit over the years, been working for them since 2007. And, uh, this year, uh, at the end of January, I transitioned full time to the game staff. So like I've always helped out with those competitions, but now it's, it's full time for me. So, you know, this season we've got a lot more, um, competitions on the calendar than we have in years past. And, uh, you know, we're really trying to make a push to increase that further for for next season and the seasons beyond so it's really uh full tilt trying to get the competitions that we do have on the books uh you know handled as best we can mm. and then building systems so that we can keep expanding for the future so that's that's the focus right now it's, like, uh, right now right now you know we're coming up on the no no go, go ahead no 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 after you oh oh i, I was gonna say i was gonna say uh you know, the focus, focus right now, we have uh, semifinal competitions coming up and, uh, and just putting the last details on the planning for that before they kick off in a couple of weeks here. And then the game's right on the heels of that. So it's, <laughs> this is kind of a busy time for, for us. Mm. Yeah, it's come around so quickly. Yeah. Like I, I, I thought yeah. it was like last yeah, really weekend, is. I was watching, you know, back at the, back at Aromas. It's like, oh yeah, it's it's yeah. fine. We've got we've got ages, you know, blah blah blah. And it's like, oh, semis are coming up, and then after the semis, well, it's the games. Yep. Yeah, it's coming around quick. But I'm excited, you know. After last year, uh, I you know everybody around the world had such a crazy year last year, um, and we were lucky that we could do a reduced games uh, at at the ranch, which was a lot of fun. You know, I mean, it was really cool to go back there and. It, having a small field of athletes really gave us the freedom to do some things that we wouldn't with a larger field of athletes. So, you know, you make the best of it. Um, but given my preference, like, yeah, I wouldn't want to do it that way again. Mm. Uh, so it's awesome that this year we get to go back to Madison. We get to do a big show. You know, everybody's pretty optimistic that we'll be able to, to make it happen. So it's exciting. It's exciting to see it start actually coming to fruition. Mm. yeah it's fascinating like the the competition side and how it's evolved and now it's obviously you've got you oh won, man you had the sanctionals and now it's the quarters and the, and the, and the semis and all that yep. and it's gone around the world and they put a spin on it and you know like running through the sand dunes in dubai then you've got in the sea in cape town oh yeah obviously you've got uh madison and and then iceland and aussie and it's it I think it's, it's become like this world spectacle now rather than just being like, oh, okay, you know, it's yeah. just like some dudes and some ladies working out 
probably not wearing much and as a uh, like us deep, deep involved in the, in the CrossFit community, we're like, this is amazing. I'm all about it. Let's go. You know? And then as a, uh, as an outsider, you look in like, well, that's a bit weird. You know, everyone's kind of like half naked. It's really weird. Wait, what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? That, that looks a bit heavy. I don't want to do that, you know? And then, um, yeah, yeah, now it's just become this like whole world thing. And I think it's just become, a beautiful thing to watch, even if you have no fucking idea what's going on. Yeah. And I mean, there's a big push for that too, to try to make it accessible for people that don't necessarily have a lot of context for what they're seeing. Mm. You know, I think, I think CrossFit as a sport will always have a fan base that at the end of the day participates in it. I think that's going to be the bulk of the, of the fans, but I do think it's important that you can start to erode that necessity to enjoy it. Mm. You know, you should be able to uh, take a look and be like, okay, that guy's winning. <laughs> I don't know exactly yeah. what they're doing, but that guy's winning. <laughs> and I can tell, and I, I know what he's doing is impressive, even if I don't fully comprehend it. So yeah, there's a lot of work that goes on to try to make that, you know, true. Mm. Uh, See, I, I relate that over yeah. to rugby, right? So I played that growing up and yeah. a lot of people will, will flick that on the telly or watch a game on the local park and be like, sure. I have no idea what's going on here. And Do I you, always oh, find... Well, you play league or union? I played union, but um, I'm from a, a okay. league town. Okay. Uh, so I was the traitor, you know what I mean? I was yeah. <laughs> the one who did not play the right code. Like my brother played league mm. and I ended up playing union. Um I don't think I was fit enough to play league. I was more of a okay. yeah. a bigger fella, you know. Yeah, yeah. Trundle up the middle and just hit a few people, and that was kind of my uh, my role. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was great fun, great awesome. fun. But oh my god, you got the shit kicked out of you for eighty minutes. Um, yeah, so it was always um, it's oh, always it's good for. Oh, it's amazing, mate. It's the best game, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I, sorry, I cut you off too. I think we might have. Yeah. I think my video is lagging here, man. Sorry. Oh, mate, it's all right. We're on the other side of the world. It's bound, to, it's bound to be a little bit laggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to space. It's going to space, yeah. It's going up and it's going back down. Um, yeah, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, so I can relate it over to rugby, right? So when um, spectators watch watch rugby and they have no idea and they've not played it, they obviously have no idea about the rules. There's, they just see a load of big dudes on a pitch with this smaller dude telling them what to do with an egg-shaped ball. Um, and it's always really beneficial whenever the commentators go, okay, it was a penalty because blah, 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 and explain a little bit. Um, and I found that was the same on, on the last games. It was like, all right, we've got thrusters, whatever. All right, what they're going to be looking for is, and we just like basically throw out maybe two or three points of performance. And I would, um, I would obviously be watching it with whoever I'm watching it with. I'm the crazy CrossFitter that has coached and, and participated in it and competed in it, blah, blah, blah. And wanted to, it's always on the telly, right? Whenever it's on, it's always on the yeah. telly, whether I'm cooking, working out, whatever, it's it's going yeah, on the telly. Awesome. You know, it's, it, it, it is the thing to watch. Um, yeah, and then it will obviously explain what's going on. 
and the either the lad or lady or whatever is 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 watching with me and be like, oh, okay, now I can understand what they're required to do, rather than just like a load of crazy fit people just kind of like throwing things around. Yeah, and I mean, even if you look at just the way the events are laid out, you know, we've evolved a lot over the years to make it more spectator friendly. Yeah. So that it's, you know, it's more of a linear progression down the field. Uh, you know, it's like a big spectacle when somebody pulls away, you know, even the way that some of the programming happens in some of those events, you know, they kind of leave the most exciting uh, movements to the end for a more dramatic finish, you know, stuff like that. Not always like the test comes first at the end of the day, but um, there is a lot more consideration around that. And I do think that it, it does help to make that, uh, even more popular than it than it is just by the hardcore fans. Oh yeah, the the way you lay it out is absolutely incredible. Um, that is, I mean, even within the community, that is something that caught my eye. And I'm always about, you know, it's part entertainment and then part fitness. Yeah, you know, it's like exactly it's yeah. like the Coliseum. You know, they yeah, are, yeah, yeah. They are sure. trying to find the best gladiator, but at the same time, it's fucking entertainment. And without the fans, that would not be there um yep. without the spectators there, there would no longer be a coliseum it'd just be caesar in the middle just seeing lions rip open a, a couple of dudes <laughs> exactly um, but i remember i've 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 adopted it because i remember uh seeing it for one of the first few times i can't remember what games it was where it really hit me in the face i was like this is incredible and i adopted it and i ran this class called engine rooms which is basically metabolic conditioning blah 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 and a little bit of a i'm going to kick you in the face for an hour type class yep um yep and you get a lot of people that wanted to do a bit of sports performance a lot of sailors used to do it um sure. and then would go overseas and just obviously be a lot fitter from it and i would yeah there would be like two shutters you'd come in one side and then it'd be laid out and oh my god people used to love it oh that's fun yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no that's really cool and and uh yeah i mean i think if people like experiences right so mm. you, you can create this thing that they're doing all the time to work out and then you do it in a way that it makes it feel significant or special. Yeah. I mean, that's great, man. That's awesome. And it's fun, right? You know, yeah, CrossFit, right, is, exactly. CrossFit is an amazing thing because you literally need like a two meter square to do everything. You don't have to move yeah. and you can crush yourself in a fucking workout, but at the same time you can lay it out. And then after each round, you have to pick up and move your box. It was like, well, why? Yeah. Why are you doing that? I was like, why not? You know, it's, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah, it'll be cool. <laughs> Let's me. just do some cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and when you have that space, I mean, I think that, you know, you, you get back to kind of like uh, Greg Glassman's original vision and the reason that things are called the box. It, it was exactly that. It was like a big blank template that can and should be rearranged on a regular basis. And to your point, you know, you don't need a lot of space to do it. You don't need all the, the fanciest equipment. It's great if you have it. You don't need it. Um, but when you do have it and when you do have the space to kind of experiment, yeah, it is a lot of fun to kind of tinker with that. Uh, yeah. And I, it, I think people ex appreciate that a lot. I mean, to your experience, you know, people come through the door, they're super excited about that and they can't wait to do that again. So, yeah, mm. that's good. Mm. And the unknown factor, like, like, oh, we'll be doing a day. And they're like, well, you'll find out. It's like, what do you mean I'll find out? <laughs> I was like, oh, we're going to. That's one of my favorite more. things. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's, uh, I used to ask people that all the time is, 
I wouldn't tell them to work out. I'd be like, are you in or are you out? Yeah. You know, which is it? And you got to decide, well, what is it? No, 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 that's not how this works. You, you in or you out? Let's, yeah. let's go. <laughs> oh, coach is taking me through a lot of hip mobility uh, stuff. Are we going to be doing some squats? Like yeah. what's going on? <clears throat> but I like that mentality. And I, I do think that, you know, if we think about the philosophy that we talked about earlier, being ready to just kind of, yeah, I'm physically well adapted to just about anything. I think that mentality is important to, uh, to develop as well. You're like, yeah, okay, well, I'll just show up again, put the shoes on, I'll get there mm. and then we'll figure out what we're going to do. Um, you know, I think that's an important mentality to, to be able to, uh, access when you have to, even if it's not what you do day to day, even if it's not the way that you prefer, maybe you're somebody that likes a little bit more structure. That's fine, but you should have the ability to when needed, turn that off and just, okay, I'm in. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing to develop. I think one of the, uh, the, Makes the you more robust for life. Yeah, it does. It's the mental toughness, right? Yeah, sure. I think one of the workouts that epitomizes CrossFit for me is just something so simple of a mile farmer's carries carrying two thirty kilo, uh, two, two thirty-two kilo kettlebells. <laughs> just walk them out. That's rough. And you're yeah. like, why? And I was like, well, why not? It's hard. And, you know, it's going to develop the mentality as much as it's going to develop everything else, the physicality. And it's just like, all right, here's two big ass kettlebells. Here's a piece of chalk <laughs> to put in your pocket and uh, go walk a mile and come back. Yep. See you. See you later. <laughs> yeah. See you later. <laughs> so, so was it, uh, was it rugby that kind of bridged the gap into CrossFit? Like which came first for you? Um, so I played uh, I played rugby for about it wasn't a a massive amount of time maybe about five years and then I um, I had okay. like a a really serious neck injury that um, you know completely took me out and I ended up reoccurring yeah. the injury over about eighteen months and way too many yeah, concussions I you know it's put me on a path um, I was already starting mm. I was coaching I was doing a bit of S and was doing a bit of group training. Um, at the time, like I was already on this, this, you know, fitness, wellness, health, whatever you want to call it journey. I knew I wanted to help people, um, in this realm, um, to be able to express themselves a lot better and battle health conditions, blah, 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 mental conditions, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, that wiped me out. I was like, well, if I can't move, if I'm paralyzed, you know, then I'm not gonna be able to work in my, in my field. So I, clearly had to hang up the boots at about two years um where i didn't really do much um i just kind of trained out of a commercial mm. uh, commercial gym um we had a i had a bodybuilding gym that was close to me at the time which was dead 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 cheap it was like two pound a session um so i literally just awesome. used to just to go in and and lift the dirty iron um yeah nice mm. And then, because uh, CrossFit, you know, it's a it's a middle class sport in in many places, um, and I was from a very very working class place, and I didn't necessarily have the pennies or the mm -hmm. the the infrastructure around. There wasn't really a gym close by to me. Um, it sure. was like right on the other side of the city, and you know, I didn't have a car because yeah. I was broke. Um, yeah. Anyway, I ended up moving down to the south, and I, I moved a lot closer, and I literally just had to hop over on the ferry and. I kind of, I typed it in. I was like, look, I've always wanted to do this thing. It looks really cool. Um, if I don't do it now, I probably never will. So 
let, let's just see if there's a box near me. You know, I went on the dot com, you know, box near me, box finder or whatever. And I was like, oh, it's just over the over the water. And I just rocked in. I was like, hey, you know, I uh, don't really know what this is. Um, I'd love to try it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I got I got shown through it by a really, really good coach. Uh, Ollie Drew, I'll give him a shout out. Like he's taught me a lot of things, um, anything involved with cardiovascular or, or running, I always go back to him because running is not my forte. Oh, awesome. Um, and yeah, he was just like, yeah, you move pretty well. Um, some things that clearly are like jacked up from, from playing rugby still. Um, and obviously like, you don't, you don't know what, how to Ollie lift or anything like that. Move pretty well. Sure. Um, yeah, come on in. We've, we've got a, we've got a class tomorrow. I was like, okay. And I rocked up. There's two other people in the class. One was like training for the uh, commandos at the time. So it was an absolute fucking demon. <laughs> um, and the other lady used to train CrossFit like twice a week and was just like a, um, just used to do yoga. Right. Um, okay. And it was uh, five rounds, five rounds. Yeah. Every five minutes, the so five rounds, 20 pull-ups, um, 30 push press, uh, like 35 kilos and 40 air squats. Right. I was like, okay, yep. cool. And I'd like kind of seen this like butterfly movement before. I hadn't seen the kip on any, any uh, video. <laughs> I'd just seen this weird butterfly. I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, okay, cool. I'll like try and like wet salmon myself around the bar, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I finished two rounds and holy shit. Out of five. I was, out of five. I finished two out of five. Like, and then that was it. Oh, like, man. it was just like, Alex, it's been five minutes. You need to start on the pull-ups again. I was like, <laughs> no, don't make like, me do on. it. Be reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, holy shit, sore for about five days. And, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, playing. Sounds about right. Yeah. Playing sport all the way through life and always, always training like always training, lifting, lifting since I was like 12. So I'd always been like lifting weights, blah, 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 uh, for sport and also as an outlet and all that type of stuff. And um, I'm like, what the fuck? This ruined me, man. I was like, what, what's going on? You know, I, I've trained for the past like 18 years. I can't remember not training. And it absolutely tore me a new asshole. Yeah. I was like, ah, I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to keep coming to this thing, you know? Um, it kind of spiraled from there. Me. Yeah, I was like, nah, nah, nah. I can't do this. Uh, that's awesome. Um, yep. Yeah, that's a very uh, common story. Yeah, it's crazy. Four weeks later, like, the, the gym owner was like, oh, you're doing the open. I was like, what the fuck is the open? Open door? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, it was like, oh, it's a competition. Yeah. Um, worldwide, you got to sign up online. And I was like, well, I've, I've just started this thing. I don't really know what's going on. You know, it's like, uh, probably not. And, um, again, I was broke. So he signed me up. He paid the 20 bucks. I was like, you're doing it. Uh, that's cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And I was like, okay, rocked up, you know, scaled the first three weeks. Cause I had no idea what I was doing. Was it five weeks at the time? Four weeks? It was five, right? I scaled the first four. Probably. Yeah. Probably um, five. Yeah. I think it was five. Yeah. Scaled the first four, walked in on the fifth week and everyone was like, right you're not doing scaled, you're doing RX. And I was like, I don't really know what this CrossFit thing is. You know what I mean? 
Um, they're like, I don't care what you say. You're doing this. And it was the 14-5 um, repeat. So it was the 21-18, 15-12. Oh, burpees and, yeah, burpees yeah, and, semesters. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, oh, fine. Boy. And obviously I had no idea what a hip hop in the bully thruster was. I was basically just front squatting and strict pressing the bar. Um, nice. Yeah. And then like clearly your shoulders get absolutely fried. Um, and everyone just came around and was like, look, uh, you're going hard. I don't care. Uh, I did all right with it. You know, I was like just mentality nice. from, nice. from sport just kind of put me into yep. the pain cave and then just threw me in a grave. Um, <laughs> I just got hooked, man. I was like, oh, I feel like an athlete again. Yeah. I'd been like dossing around for two weeks, uh, two years. I've not really done anything. I'm like, I finally feel like I'm now going for performance rather than just just going to the gym. And, just to do it. Yeah. Yeah, man. I was I was hooked from there. That's cool. Yeah, it's a very common story, you know. I think especially with people that have an athletic background and they kind of, you know, for whatever reason, if it's an injury like like you had or just timing out, you know, everything's got a shelf life, um, mm. especially in the sports world. So what happens next? What do you do when you've got that, that drive to, to compete and that, you know, the, the team can rock camaraderie is important to you, all that kind of stuff. Like, where do you find that? I couldn't tell you how many times I've heard that same story of, you know, I, I used to play sports that ended. What happens next? Oh man, this made, this makes me feel like an athlete again. Like those words mm. I've heard come out of so many different people's mouths uh, identically. It's, it's really cool. Mm. Yeah. I did. did. The amount of people I've rocked in, either ex-military, played sport through the military, played sport yep. to a pretty decent level, uh, whatever, and have literally said exactly my story. And I was like, that's really cool, man, because I can relate to you yep. so hard. Um, yep. Yeah, I, like, I, I love it. Um, kind of taken off a, a different path now, gone down the weightlifting route. Um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Love the whole weightlifting side. Absolutely love it. Um, I've got a really big gripe in the back of my head. Because um, maybe maybe before I started, yeah, it was. It was just before I started CrossFit. Um, no, I didn't. I just started. Maybe I'd been doing it for like three months, and um, mm -hmm. I ruptured a disc in my in my low back, and I was uh, I was stretching oh, in my it. room. Yeah. Um, anyway, I go get all the fucking tests and all that, and they were like, "Yeah, it was degenerative." um from rugby and you basically it was a matter of time before it it, it exploded on you i was like oh, okay cool like mm. you know so I've, I've not done anything wrong or anything like that it was it was bound to it was bound to go um yeah but i couldn't move i couldn't move my legs for three weeks and i was like holy shit like i'm oh, i don't boy. know i don't know what's going on you know um yeah it's pretty scary yeah really really weird and i remember going to the the surgeon at the time and this was maybe four and a half, five weeks deep. So I was kind of hobbling around and using my arms to pull me to places rather than like properly walking like a normal human being. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he just sat me down. I was like, yeah, Alex, you'll uh, never lift a weight again. Um, and wow. you'll, you'll never be able to run because it's too much impact on your spine. Um, and yeah, you should probably take up like the cross trainer, you know? And I, I I took that in for a second because I knew, obviously, I've been working in the industry for like four years at the time, 
three years, four years. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've just started getting started in this thing, helping people. How am I supposed to help people yeah. if I yeah. can't do anything? And I was like, well, training's all I know, man. I was like, this, this is the way I deal with a yeah. lot of things, mentally, physical, social, <laughs> whatever, you know, like I, I train. Yep. That's the thing. Um, and I just stood up and was like, I appreciate your opinion, sir. But it is, in fact, that just your opinion. I shook his hand, turned around and hobbled out and uh, rehabbed myself ever since. Oh, good for you. Yeah, you know, it's, it's again, that's a really common story, too. You know, you hear people that uh, have these pretty heavy handed um, diagnoses or, or kind of, I don't know, statements put on them by medical professionals. And I understand where that comes from. Mm. You know, people on the other end of that, and you go back to our conversation about people that don't want to help themselves and, mm. and or don't realize that it's a, a good idea to do. And you're probably right. Like if you were somebody that came in, you had no interest in your own health and weren't taking steps to preserve and improve it, you probably would be in that scenario with that injury where you weren't lifting weights or able to run. But through your own kind of uh, dogged perseverance, you could turn that around pretty dramatically. And I think, I think that's true in the majority of cases. You know, certainly there are, there are instances where it's like, well, yeah, you're right. You know what? You got dealt a bad hand and that's the way it is and you can do the best you can with it, but that's your luck. Uh, but on the other end of that, most people can do more than they think, even in circumstances that seem pretty bad. Mm. So that's cool, man. That's uh, that's great that you've been able to, to keep that up. Do you, so you experience a lot of pain now, or is it like mostly manageable? How are you? How are you doing with that? That's pretty good. Um, if I uh, if I slack on mobility and you know kind yeah. of slack off on some things, like I start I start feeling like my low back gets pretty fucking tight. Um, I might yeah. get a little bit of a, of a pinch. Um, and I'll be like, okay, cool. Like I've, I've, you know, I've been lifting like an idiot or I've just not really looked after myself. So this there's very, yeah. very rarely though. Um, and sometimes I might switch out if we've got back squats and I'm like, you know what? Nah, I'm going to go do some belt squats instead. Not today. Um, yeah. Not today. Yeah. Back says no. So if the back says no, <clears throat> it is a no. Um, yep. You know, and it doesn't play up with me that much. Um, I've done a lot That's of good. work on it, but it's been a few years. Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you know, are you familiar with uh, Stuart McGill? Do you know his work? Um, he's, uh, he's a spine a spine specialist out of Canada, and he's uh, really interesting. I, I love his stuff. He's been uh, researching spinal mechanics and, and that sort of thing for decades now. He's a Canadian guy. And um, one of the things that kind of set him apart from his contemporaries was that he, he did testing with athletes that were, you know, strength oriented um, and actually like used their back. It wasn't these models that were just lab only. Mm. He would take a power lifter in and hook up the EKG machine and get the readouts on, you know, a submaximal deadlift versus a maximal deadlift. Let's do that with a flex spine versus a straight spine. What's the difference in, you know, deflection on these tissues? And he was one of the pioneers that really mapped a lot of that stuff out and could speak to performance aspects of the spine instead of just theoretical, you know, cadaver studies. Wow. So he's an interesting guy. He's got some really practical stuff. I would, I'd check him out. Stuart McGill. He's, Stuart he's McGill. I'm going to write it down. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a lot of great, great uh, stuff for all things spine related. 
I I'm absolutely fascinated in in biomechanics and AMP and um I got yeah. I touched on a little bit earlier with like the whole rehab side too like um I kind of got qualified in like sports uh therapy um mm-hmm. kind of a lot more into the the manual manipulation as I I like massage side and then kind of like learn under a lot of really knowledgeable like physios, chiros, osteos, got into the whole gua sha, uh, learned a little bit about that. So like the scraping, a um, little bit of like joint manipulation, a little bit. Um, and I'm just absolutely geek out yeah. about it because I'm like, this is fascinating. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, talk to me, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got, I, I had a really good chiropractor, good mate of mine too, back in, back home. And he would just, I'd just be like, look, lay it on me, like, and also, and I'll just ask questions as he's, you know, as he's working on me and be like, oh, well, this sure. is pretty fucked up. And this, this one doesn't work. I was like, why? It's like, well, because like your C1 is fused to your skull. And I was like, oh, thanks. It's like, yeah. Like, have you had like any concussions? I was like, well, yeah, I've had like over 10. And he was like, oh, <laughs> that's probably why. <laughs> uh yeah, and basically be like, oh, well, that's why you got a little eversion in the right ankle because of blah, 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 and it'll go down this pathway. Sure. And I'm like, that's really cool. Um, and I always say if I ever go back to go back to school, I would go back to a chiropractic college and, and study through there mm. for sure. Cool. Yeah, right on, man. Well, yeah. hey, I hate to cut it short, but I got to get running here pretty soon, and my, and my battery's about to die. So I guess <laughs> I got we got to wrap it up pretty soon, but Mate, yeah. no worries, man. I, uh, I really, really appreciate, appreciate your time, man. Really appreciate your time. Hey, likewise. I I'm glad that we had a chance to make it happen. I think, uh, you know, for the people listening to this, we, uh, we kind of missed a few times before we connected, but we, we managed to, to pull it off. So I'm glad yep. that we, we finally did. For sure. For sure. And if you ever find yourself down this way again, then you know where I am, you know? Yeah, sounds good. If you make it to the States, let me know. Drop me a line. I will. I will indeed. Thank you very right. much, brother. And you have, a, you have a cracking day. You're welcome, man. Okay, you do the same. See Take ya. It easy, man.